0: Don't worry about the people who tease you for being a nerd. Because I was a nerd. I mean, I graduated valedictorian from a high school. Oh, And I wore the thickest glasses you could imagine. (laughs) And, And I would be so distraught. I mean, the little boy said, my glasses were so thick. I could see the future. But my mom would be the one that would comfort me. And then when I got the full scholarship, she said, see, didn't I tell you? And then she knew that I was becoming the chairman of AICPA and she was so proud
1: of me. Welcome to CPA Risk Chat. Each episode highlights our guests' area of expertise as they share personal stories and industry experiences to help inspire and motivate CPAs and offer up-to-date knowledge you can put into practice today. We're recording this show in February, 2021 in honor of Black History Month. As such, We're beyond honored to spotlight the youngest person, the fifth woman, and the first person of color to serve as Chairman of the Board of Directors in the AICPA's 134-year history. Ms. Kimberly Ellison-Taylor, CPA, CGMA. Ms. Ellison-Taylor served as the Chairman of the AICPA's Board of Directors and has a long history of volunteering for the profession. She served on the AICPA Business and Industry Executive Committee, the AICPA Board of Directors, the Benevolent Fund, and as a council representative. She's a past chair of the Maryland Association of CPAs and has served on many of its committees as well. Ms. Ellison Taylor is currently the Global Accounting Strategy Director for the financial and professional services industries for Oracle America, a leader in cloud solutions and enterprise technology. She received her undergraduate degree from the University of Maryland, her MBA from Loyola University, and holds a Master's of Science in Information Technology from Carnegie Mellon University. Our interview is conducted by Candace Coach, account representative for the AICPA Member Insurance Programs. Now, here's our spotlight on Kimberly Ellison Taylor.
2: My very first question to you is, when did you know you wanted to become a CPA?
0: <laughs> I just have to laugh because I knew I wanted to be a CPA when I was in the third grade and someone had come to my inner city elementary school. And I like to say they, they talked about all the usual suspects, be a doctor, be a lawyer, be an engineer. And they said accountants. And and in particular, they said CPAs and they said for their description, they said CPAs manage the money. And I said, what? Mm -hmm. I can boss it over my sister's. I'm going to get a TV. I'm never washing another dish. Because all I can think about is if you are the person managing the money, then you're the boss. Mm -hmm. And I have stuck to that throughout my entire career.
2: Awesome. Mm -hmm. So what, uh, what do you think, aside from being in the third grade and hearing about the profession and being, and and wanting to manage the money and being the boss. Is there anything else that gravitated you once you became older and, you know, went to college and, you know, is there anything that pulled you even closer? Absolutely. Because when you're in
0: the third grade, and I say this to all of our colleagues, we have to figure out a way to to connect. So Mm -hmm. when you're in the third grade, the connection is manage the money. Mm-hmm. And I think as I went to high school and I took accounting one and two in high school, and then I went to college and started taking accounting classes, I just started realizing that accountants speak the language of business, mm-hmm. that every type of business of all sizes needs someone who is well-versed mm-hmm. in doing some form of accounting or whether whether it's auditing or whether it's taxes Mm -hmm. and so I just realized that as a career option that was one that would always have a demand Mm -hmm. always be valuable and always be critical to how the capital markets operate
2: right right I can't agree more so um as we were just talking about a few moments ago the fact that we are in a pandemic and uh, a lot of businesses have closed down, and you know, really mm-hmm. taken a hit. Um, and our profession has has not, you know, not as much as some others. You know, everyone is affected in a different way. But the CPA profession, there became an even greater need for CPAs. If you have a bit, if you're a business owner, um, and you are gonna, you may be, you may suffer a loss, or you may want to make sure you take the necessary steps to not have a loss. You know, to make sure that your budget is in line and and different things like that. And then with the PPP loans, you know, that created its own, its own engagement in itself. So I am on the, on the other end of things where I'm speaking to CPAs and, and helping them protect the work that they do in their businesses. And so it just kind of soared with CPAs that may not have been in business for their the, for themselves, but they found themselves consulting and doing different things around the pandemic and the PPP loan. So it almost like seemed to have grown in this pandemic. And so when you say there's so many different you know avenues to go go down and so many different things that you can do in the profession, that is, I see it every day. So I can't agree with that uh, anymore. So my next question is kind of. St- and along the same line um, about the path. Um, so you said you went in high school, you took accounting one and two. And then when you went into college, like how did that path look for you?
0: It, it was very interesting because when I got to college, I realized that I would basically taken bookkeeping because it was a great primer for <laughs> accounting. Mm-hmm. And I think we need accounting in high school so that we can create more preference and mm-hmm. awareness of how amazing our profession is. But I still don't think I had a full understanding of what would be needed. Now, what's really interesting, Candace, is that I went to the University of Maryland, Baltimore County, on a full scholarship. And so when I went there, and I grew up in the inner city of Baltimore. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I asked the right question. I think I must have said something like in all of the advanced kind of discussions and overviews that are provided about the university,
2: mm-hmm.
0: I probably just asked something like, can I be a CPA if I go here?
2: Mm-hmm. And they said,
0: sure. And it's true. right? But the path to be a CPA directly would have been through economics. And I didn't want to major in economics. And so the admissions team helped me identify other options mm-hmm. and information systems management was that option for me. Mm-hmm. And as okay. I read through what it included, it was a business oriented technology, you know, degree that I thought would be helpful. It's so interesting how I just said, well, that might be helpful one day, mm-hmm. not realizing how technology would basically be a game changer for how we operate businesses all around mm-hmm. the world. Yes. Yes. So I went, took all the accounting classes I could while I was at UMBC. I then continued to major in information systems. But when I graduated, I went on to get my MBA from Loyola Mm
3: -hmm. in
0: Maryland and still in my heart wanted to be a CPA. I was down the path of IT. Mm -hmm. We were approaching Y2K. We were Mm -hmm. in the dot-com era. If you could spell IT, you were getting double digit increases and Mm -hmm. sign on bonuses. And yet I still wanted to be a CPA. I was already working at NASA Goddard Space Flight Center and I still wanted to be a CPA. So I ended up going back to school at night and getting my accounting certificate from a community college Mm -hmm. so that I could get the rest of the classes I needed to sit for the CPA exam. So I have had a windy path, yeah. but I hopefully, you know, highlight that as a motivation for people to not give up. And Mm -hmm. even if it takes a little longer, you can do it and you also can add add other things and other career disciplines that are interesting to you as well.
2: Right, right. That's a really good point. So it sounds like you started um, where you thought you wanted to be and then your passion just didn't go away. No. Oh, absolutely not. I wanted to be a CPA in the third grade. Right. I right. went to
0: a business high school. Mm-hmm. I when the high school closed in Maryland. I went to a high school, which ended up being a vocational technical high school, which okay. is interesting because mm-hmm. people sometimes think, oh, you must've grew up in the Beverly Hills of Baltimore, mm-hmm. or you went to a private school. No, I went to a public school, mm-hmm. went to a vocational high school, took accounting in high school, went to UMBC didn't go to the flagship school, mm-hmm. uh, which would have had the accounting program. Mm-hmm. I ended up majoring in IT, and then just came back and realized that I was not achieving the goal I had set for myself. I wanted right. to be a CPA, and right. then I said, "Why? Why do I have to pick? Why can't I do both?" Right. So I right. continue to do both of those career paths.
2: Right. Right. Awesome. So, um, what would you consider your biggest success? As a CPA or just in general?
0: Oh my. Oh, so many, so many, so (laughs) many to choose from. I think my biggest success is realizing that other people have looked at me as an example of what is possible. Mm -hmm. And I have often said that improbable is not impossible. Mm -hmm. And so I have told my story of growing up in the inner city of Baltimore. I've talked about the schools that I've gone to, talked about failing the CPA exam, and I've talked about volunteering and raising my hand and finding confidence, having Mm -hmm. mentors, coaches, and sponsors to help me along the way. And I think that whenever I meet someone that says, Kimberly, your example gives me hope. Mm -hmm. It makes me so emotional because- I never thought that I would be that person for someone else. And when I realize it, it is so uh, just motivating and inspiring for me because I am standing on the shoulders of giants and all of the leaders that have come before me. And if I am doing my part, Mm
3: -hmm.
0: picking up the baton from them and continuing to help others and lift as I climb then that is a great day for me and that is a great example of what success looks like
2: yes yes i love that so what has been like your your biggest challenge
0: as a cpa or as an adult or in life or
2: um i would say as a cpa or or in in the in your like as we're talking about like the path you've taken and um, your successes and what you've done in the industry and with all of your experience, like what what is a, a challenge that comes to mind? I think when
0: we talk about challenges in general, people who are in the technology space before I would say the last five years, mm-hmm. I don't know if there were if there was enough global awareness of how technology enables operational excellence, Mm -hmm. the value of digital intelligence and the benefits of increased business partnering and anticipating the needs of your clients and customers. Mm -hmm. Probably didn't get as much widespread recognition. Now I will tell you, we've been watching the Twilight Zone. We've been watching all of my favorite science fiction movies like the Mm -hmm. Matrix or Mm -hmm. Terminator series. But I think in the business world, we were probably, especially I should say in the accounting CPA profession, probably so heads down Mm
3: -hmm. thinking
0: about how to make sure we remain trusted stewards and help our clients that we may not have been paying as much attention as we would have liked to Mm -hmm. how technology was really becoming an increasing, not a nice to have but a must have in organizations Mm -hmm. and that although we have finance and accounting acumen, that we need that technology acumen as well. Mm -hmm. And when you're someone who sees ways you can automate, ways you can standardize, ways you can simplify processes and how technology can benefit in an environment of where people may be thinking, Oh, if it's not broken, let's not, you know, let's not fix something that we don't need to, Sometimes that can make you uh, a little bit on the outside. Right. But I'm happy to note that our profession, especially our professional leaders at AICPA and the state societies, have picked up that charge on technology. Yeah. And I would dare say in every state society conference, we're talking about technology. Mm-hmm. And certainly at the AICPA, we've been talking about technology for quite some time. Right. And so our goal now is to make sure that we are bringing along all of the practitioners, both small and large. If you're a sole practitioner, we want you to recognize the benefits of technology. It's not just a large firm issue. Right. It's something that everyone can get their arms around so that we really can maintain our trusted advisor position Because if we don't, someone else will.
2: Yes. Yes. That, those are great points. Um, Next question is, who was your biggest inspiration growing up?
0: My mom. So it's kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. My mom, I would say, is definitely the biggest inspiration because she and my dad met. Now, this is a story they tell me. I think it's so interesting. Okay. My dad came to North Carolina with his friend, who was my mom's first cousin,
3: mm-hmm. from
0: basic training. Some kind of way they got a break. He met my mom, then he went off to Vietnam. They were pen pals writing letters back and forth. And when he got out of Vietnam, he came back to North Carolina. And basically got my mom and they got married and he moved to Baltimore. Okay. Now I have said to them, There's there's gotta be some juicy details that I know. Some... out of that story. <laughs> yeah. My dad left Vietnam and went back to North Carolina to get my mom. Yeah. somewhere something's missing. But right. I will then say, you know, my mom was uh she said she was a teacher's assistant. Okay. But she realized that she could not do that role with my dad working in a factory. He worked in Bethlehem Steel in Maryland Uh and he had a rotating ship kind of job. So Uh he worked uh, seven to three, three to 11, 11 to seven, Uh which meant there was really not a lot she could do. I have a sister, four years older, sister, four years younger. I'm the middle Uh child. Uh And my mom didn't even blink. She just stepped in, started managing the family. And mm-hmm. not only did she manage and boss our family, but mm-hmm. I used to tease her when she was here with us on earth. Mm-hmm. I used to tease her and say, mom, you bossed everybody and whole family. Mm-hmm. My mom was the matriarch of our family. So if anything went wrong anywhere, they always came to my mom. Uh And so without a lick of college, my mom was probably one of the most smartest people I knew. Uh And she could always be counted on for good advice Uh and seeing the the situation from multiple angles Uh and really, really providing what I know now is mentorship Uh and coaching. Right. And so watching her in action, has inspired me all of the great advice she gave. Mm-hmm. You got to work twice as hard to get half the credit. Education levels, the playing field. Don't feel entitled to anything you didn't work for your class with the company. You keep, Kim, you know, keep doing a good job. Don't worry about the people who tease you for being a nerd. One day they will regret it. Mm-hmm. I like to think that that one, <laughs> she yeah, was yeah. the most worried about because I was a nerd. I mean, I graduated valedictorian from a high school, Oh, awesome. and I wore the thickest glasses you could imagine. <laughs> and, and I would be so distraught. I mean, the little boy said my glasses were so thick, he could, I could see the future. Oh, so, so yeah. mean, kids are so, so mean. mean. Yes, so they mean. are. But my mom would be the one that would comfort me and say, right. It's going to pay off. Right. And then when I got the full scholarship, she said, See, didn't I tell you? And then she knew that I was becoming the chairman of AICPA and she was so proud of me.
3: Yeah. And so she did
0: get the video. See you do that. Yes. And mm-hmm. there's a video to talk with my mom talking in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, she passed away in July and I became the chairman in October. Mm-hmm. But fortunately for me, they did the video in February and my mom was in the video. She's talking awesome. about awesome. up. So it was very awesome. And good. Fantastic.
2: That's amazing. That is an amazing story. And she's laid a great foundation. And, yes, and all of what you just mentioned that she's instilled in you exudes. So that is awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so uh, we're going to kind of get into kind of steering the questions sure. a little differently. You were the youngest person, the fifth woman, the yeah. first person of color, mm-hmm. To serve as a chairman for in the AICPA's 130 year history.
0: Yes, and and Candice is probably more years now because when they wrote that it was in the year that I became chair. But AICPA started mm-hmm. in 1887, so mm-hmm. it's probably like 134 years right mm-hmm. now. But mm-hmm. I'm hoping that that won't be the case much longer because mm-hmm. a new meta is a person who's of Indian descent and so Mm. he'll be the second person of color awesome (laughs) that'll be coming down the road after this rolling so I'm looking forward to not being the only one but right now I am the only person of color so how uh, what was that experience
2: yes and what was that experience like for you
0: I could not believe it I (laughs) could not believe it (laughs) me I was like oh my gosh There's so many amazing people. Mm -hmm. They could have picked anybody. When you're on the board of directors, you feel yourself growing when you step into the room, when you have such excellence and highly talented people, you, you just feel yourself growing. Every interaction is an opportunity for growth and the synergies of the ideas and strategies and approaches. It's just an amazing opportunity. Mm-hmm. So when they said they wanted to nominate me, I, I had to say, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. no, no. And when people would ask me, now people would ask me, mm-hmm. but of course I'm saying, oh, sure. Yes. Because my mom also said, don't say no until you have to, you don't right. turn down opportunities that right. haven't even presented themselves. Mm-hmm. So saying no, because someone had mentioned it to me would have been foolish.
2: Right. So because you would to close the door before it even opened.
0: Before it was, it, Candace, I never even thought it was a real possibility. Mm-hmm. At least not probably before the next five to 10 years. Right. But so why say no right. when I'm thinking, who knows what could happen in the future? So when right. they were asking me, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, sure. Yeah, I'd love that. That would be great. Not thinking that it would be within, probably from some of those conversations, it was it was within a year
3: mm-hmm. that I was
0: nominated to be the vice chairman. And I was just amazed because I was trying to figure out if we were ready right. and like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing of an opportunity.
2: So mm-hmm. who, who knew? That is awesome. So of the 650,000 CPAs in the United States, 5,000 are Black. That's less than 1%. That's what,
0: that's what they tell me. I'm horrified. I don't know what those numbers are based on, mm-hmm. but I'm horrified if they're true. And I, I would say in my heart of hearts,
3: mm-hmm.
0: I know it's more directionally true than untrue. Right. I don't know what the exact numbers are, right. but I, I would bet suspect that it's probably
2: mm-hmm. more true than I'd
0: like to think.
2: So do you feel like, the profession is making enough like forward progression to give you know other blacks the opportunities to become CPAs or like how do you feel about how that is progressing?
0: Well, it's interesting you should say that because I am currently the vice chair and the chair elect for AICPA's National Commission on Diversity and Inclusion.
3: Mm-hmm. And
0: I have been involved in this initiative for at least five years at this point. And I can tell you with 100% all surety that we are doing everything that we can. We're considering every idea. We're brainstorming. We have a cross-representation across the profession. We're asking them for their best practices and strategies. We're working with educators. We're working with firms. We're working with Uh, affinity groups like NABA, Alpha, and Ascend. Mm
3: -hmm. We're also
0: at the same time also working with students (laughs) and trying to increase the pipeline.
3: Mm -hmm. And
0: so we are doing everything, I think, that we can with finite resources. Right, right. I mean, there's no way to try to do every single thing all at the same time. But what we can do is get the brainstorm list, Mm -hmm. prioritize, Mm -hmm. see what works, and then continue down that avenue and then collaborate with others to see if we can help add momentum to their efforts. Uh-huh. And I think we've been doing that. Crystal Cook is the director of diversity and inclusion and uh-huh. she's doing an amazing job. Rich Colorado was the 100th chairman of AICPA. His platform was actually diversity and inclusion. And here I am 104. So uh-huh. he did a great job bringing awareness and highlighting why we needed more inclusion in the profession. And under his leadership, we've been making tremendous strides,
2: awesome. but of course,
0: there's always more we can do.
2: Right. But there is forward yeah. progression there and it's really,
0: definitely.
2: yep. And it's really exciting to hear all of those things that are happening, um, to, to, to move that along. So that is great. So, <clears throat> um, is there anything that you see or that's taken place that you think can be done differently? Like, I think you kind of touched on what's being done well. Um, and, and that forward prog- progression. But what do you hope to see uh, be done differently?
0: Well, I will tell you, Candace, I've always spoken about inclusion.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Inclusion is so important. And I know that we talk about diversity a lot. But inclusion is where I would hope we would start adding a little more emphasis. Mm-hmm. And I say that because inclusion is that sense of belonging, the confidence to speak up, and it's also the outcome would be in retention. We would start seeing people stay in the profession. Mm-hmm. And what I have said about retention in general is that we cannot, for all the efforts I talked about and all the work and brainstorming and the things we're doing and progress we're making, what we can't do is recruit 10 diverse individuals to our profession and then lose eight. Right we've got to figure out what it is that's happening inside the organizations. Is it microaggression? Is it that people are just uncomfortable talking with people that are differently than they are? Is Mm -hmm. it an implicit bias? There are so many things that we have to have a real self-reflection of, Mm -hmm. but I am very excited that for the leaders I've spoken with, they are on it. They are talking about it. They're leading from the front. They're having conversations. They're definitely taking on some more candid town halls than they probably ever have before. Mm-hmm. They have signed the CEO action pledge. They are trying to move the ball forward, but I think it takes all of us. Mm-hmm. And so I'd like to see all of us sign up to being an ambassador for change and being an, an inclusion ally and ensuring that we are focusing on people bringing teams together, enhancing our own decision-making, keeping high-performing talent inside the organizations, looking around the table, trying to figure out who's missing and making sure that we don't leave anyone out, Mm -hmm. that there's got to be a way to have the absolute best and brightest and have an inclusive and talented team working with you they are not mutually exclusive. And I just think more education and more awareness needs to be around that area. And then for all my colleagues who might think they've got inclusion down, I will tell you, I've learned so much myself on my own journey. Mm
3: -hmm. I think
0: every single person could find something that they could learn Mm
3: -hmm. and
0: you can be a great person and have a sincere desire to be an ally. And yet every day, unknowingly, could be doing something that would prevent that sense of belonging and that retention that you would want inside your firm. So it's going to take us some courage, Mm -hmm. great deal of candor, but it's going to be all of us together. That is needed. It can't be just the leaders. It can't be just the chief diversity officers, especially the people leaders, people leaders in particular will need to really get their arms around this.
2: Great. Thank you so much for that. Um, So as a leader, when it comes to the next generation of financial professionals, Mm -hmm. what uh, advice could you give them? Or what, what would you say to an aspiring CPA as a leader? As a leader.
0: So I would say to an aspiring CPA, you have chosen an amazing profession. We are needed, essential, and valuable to the capital markets and businesses of all sizes across all industries around the world. We also have an amazing opportunity to be stewards of the public interest. We speak up for people that are unable to speak up for themselves, and we can't take that position lightly. We, we actually... Have a commitment to lifelong learning because we're not taking knowledge lightly. We're going to continue to learn. And it is an amazing but awesome responsibility that we have. And so, as a leader, whether you're a leader with a capital L or a leader with lowercase l, you have a responsibility to be a catalyst for change, to be inclusive in your leadership, and to also bring others along on the journey. And I would be expecting our aspiring CPAs to take their seat at the table and provide us with the benefit of their energy, their strategies, their ideas, and to help us move the entire um, progress forward for everyone so that everyone benefits.
2: Awesome. Thank you. So want to talk about winning with your A game. Yeah. So... I just wanted you to delve in a little bit to what each of those A's mean. And then what is your favorite A? So,
0: oh, you went back early when I was talking about this. <laughs> so today, Candace, I would be talking about Taylor Your A Game, but it is T-A-I-L-O-R. And the okay. reason that I said T-A-I-L-O-R mm-hmm. is because which is a playoff of my last name, Mm -hmm. but it's because I think we all have to personalize it. Mm -hmm. And so the A's are acknowledge, aptitude, attitude, achieve. I mean, it's so, it could be any of the A's. Mm -hmm. I talk about acquire and Mm -hmm. ask. So let me just talk about a few of the ones that I'm really excited about. So acknowledge is so important to me Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. if you hear me speak, I always want to acknowledge the people who did such a great job. I want to acknowledge the baby boomers in particular, mm-hmm. the traditionalists, the people who go and, and fight wars for us. I'm big on gratitude. Mm-hmm. And I, I say that because we don't get here on our own.
3: Mm-hmm. It
0: really does take a village mm-hmm. to surround us and help yeah. us. So acknowledge is important. Uh, my next A that I talk a lot about is accountability. When I failed the CPA exam, that was probably the most traumatic thing that had happened to me up until that point. Okay. And I talk about it because I needed to be self-aware of what I could have done differently. Mm-hmm. I think so many times when people are trying to figure out what happened and what went wrong, we we look to other people. But sometimes we just need the look at ourselves. Right. Mm-hmm. And I had to own it. I didn't study enough. Right. And I have said this. I didn't get the the blue tests or the pink test. I didn't get the girl test. I didn't get the Baltimore test. I got the CPA test and I failed it. Mm -hmm. And I failed it in uh, February of that year, but I passed it in November because I went back and really listened to all the advice that people give. People give advice on what they did to pass the exam. right? Mm -hmm. So you can look at their advice. They said, do this, do that, study. Go and find yourself a place where it's just you Mm -hmm. make sure you, you, you know, keep isolated all these external events, practice, 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 do the problems over, over, over so many things that people said to do, get a review course. I did every single one of those things and I passed. Mm. And so there's a lesson in being accountable and being Mm self-aware. And then I like achieve. I like achieve because it says, keep going. Don't give up and don't think you've got it. Every one of us can continue to learn. Every single one of us can be mentored. There's no perfect person that, okay, that's it. You don't need mentorship anymore. We all need it Mm -hmm. every day. We all need some kind of guidance. And so that's why I like um, Achieve because we set new goals, new initiatives, new strategies for what we want to achieve and do. And I think that's important. Mm -hmm. And then attitude. I know I said I'm supposed to pick one, but attitude is also (laughs) one of my favorite ones. And I'll be the last one Okay. because there is a difference when you're around someone who is enthusiastic Mm
3: -hmm. and
0: someone who is hopeful.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: We've Mm -hmm. all been around people where you feel like the sun just had an eclipse. Because this person is yeah. always so down. Yeah. And I've, and what I've said to students is that if you were trying to decide, if a company <laughs> groups were trying to decide who would they put on their team,
3: mm-hmm.
0: are they gonna put someone who's kind of always negative, that'll never work? We tried that, mm-hmm. you know, boohoo, bum humbug, mm-hmm. whatever. They don't want that person, they want someone who can collaborate help build consensus, be a part of a team. And that's who the client wants also. Mm-hmm. So I think it is really important to have a great attitude, to not be angry, to, to not wear a chip on your shoulder. Every time someone says something, you read secondary messages into it. Right. I don't do any of those. Right. And I have great, 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 amazing relationships with people, I think, as a result. Mm -hmm. of being so open and willing to accept people for where they are
2: awesome thank you so much for that do we have time for one more yes we sure do okay so uh we talked about it a little bit the pandemic has paved the way for many professionals to turn on their their digital and uh you know communication and technology especially for cpas um, mm-hmm. I know I talk to CPAs every single day, all day long. And, you know, you have you have a CPA where one person's like, send it to me electronically and we'll get it all taken care of. And then you still have some of those CPAs that are like, slide it under my office door. I'm there. I'll key it in. you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> but um, given, your, given your extens- extensive knowledge on um, artificial intelligence and big data mm-hmm. and clouds, Uh, emerging technologies. Are there any risk you think that a CPA has when it comes down to like switching over to the the digital side and technology side of that?
0: There's so much upside. I think if they were doing their due diligence, which I know we will do, Mm -hmm. then they would minimize the risk. There's always risk in technology. Mm -hmm. Um, The two in particular that they would need to be concerned about would be data privacy. And yep. also cybersecurity. Yep. And so because we have so much of our client data, we have to be extra careful because there's identity theft and there's certainly people who could hack into our systems. And then we have we would have unauthorized access of someone's um, personal identifiable information mm-hmm. out who knows where mm-hmm. being sold. Uh And then, of course, that ties into the cybersecurity issues that we've just seen recently in the news. Uh Uh But those things alone are not reasons to not embrace technology. We just have to get the proper guidance and resources so that we are safely and securely handling our client data and also at the same time leveraging cloud solutions yeah. and because we need it for disaster recovery, we need yeah. it for business continuity. Yes. We need more efficiency in how we operate. Even if I'm a two-person firm, I can still have, you know, many clients more, you know, bigger than maybe what I would think I could do otherwise because mm-hmm. technology could augment and complement the work that I do. So there are so many benefits and reasons. And yes, I would understand their fear and concern, but I also know that there are resources and other CPAs who could assist them. And that's what their firms are about, right. assisting other firms in getting right. up to speed.
2: Right. Yep. I couldn't agree more. So I work with those small firms, zero, you know, brand new firms that uh, grow up to a million dollars. Once they hit a million dollars, they'll go into a different segment. But I have this conversation every single day about the cyber, the data privacy and the cybersecurity and doing the due diligence of, you know, making sure you have the proper measures in place to prevent anything from happening and prevent any of, you know, your client sensitive information from, from being exposed. Um, that could do very bad things to just the firm's reputation. Absolutely. Um, so that is a conversation that I have with those small one and two person firms. I don't need that. You know, I'm just That's a small true. guy. I don't yep. And I'm like, no, yep. you need it. And kind of try to point out the fact that our hackers, like my firm segment, zero to a million firm segment are the target because they, oh, think, sure. they think that you're those smaller. Fir- exactly. They think that hey. you don't have the. Finances or the revenue you don't gener- generate or enough revenue, right? Or right. the bandwidth to be able to protect yourself against them, so they go after you. So it, you know, like you said, the business continuity plan. We obviously need to have that in place right now. Yes. Um. And so, yeah, I I couldn't agree more. There's so
0: Great many points. benefits. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the one other point I would say before I jump to my other call, the one other point is that their clients are growing, right? So if I'm growing and I'm your client, but you're not growing. Mm -hmm. As I get bigger, am I going to take you with me Mm -hmm. as my CPA firm? Mm -hmm. Or am I going to think I have grown, outgrown you? Right. And now I need to go and get someone that's more going to be moving along.
2: Right. That I feel has the capacity for me.
0: Exactly. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. even if it's not them, what happens when they pass that business to their, their kids? the next generation, the next leader. Mm -hmm. Even if the person you've been working with for 30 years and that you're good with pen and paper, you like to shake hands, that's how you do your business. You look them eye to eye. That's how it's always worked. But what happens when their business goes to the next leader or their their family?
3: Mm -hmm. They're not
0: gonna wanna work like that. So there are some demographic trends that we need to be aware of if we're planning to be in business. Now, if you're planning to retire in the next year or two, You might not mind, but then the other point I would bring up is who are you selling your practice to? Because now if you want to sell your practice, I'm looking at your book of business. I'm trying to figure out how you operate it. And I'm determining that whatever revenues you said you got for the last five years, I'm not sure you're going to get those for the next three years if you don't do something with technology.
1: Thanks for listening. The CPA Risk Chat is a production of AICPA member insurance programs, a trusted advocate for CPAs providing exclusive access to superior risk solutions that safeguard your livelihood and protect your lifestyle. Visit cpai.com for more information. Subscribe to this podcast to be notified for future episodes. See you next time.